Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Toyota Yaris Design Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Design. So you're just going to talk about the design of the Toyota Yaris then? No, 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 we're not. No, no, not this time around. Uh, design is is a trim level. Okay. It's a trim level above an icon. Oh, wow. They've gone big on the, yeah. uh, the, they the trim have. levels. Yes, but it's not as high as a a dynamic nor an excel uh, nor a launch edition but we'll talk about that in in just a minute so i spent a week with the fifth generation i believe counting up on my fingers toyota yaris and unlike the previous three generations it's a completely new vehicle completely new uh completely new platform it's almost really only the name that's been carried over from uh, from any previous generation of Yaris to this one. So significant differences. Okay. There is a slight worry that there may be some fanboying going on here, obviously, because it's like me, Toyota Yaris. Th- these things happen, you know? I wondered whether I needed to open the episode with, there is a pause. A bottle of whiskey. <laughs> well, there is a pause in the Alan drinking game of the Motion Podcast because I, I don't I, think, I think we'll live making it through otherwise because this is this is a review, so I think yeah. we, we all have to just suspend for this episode only. <laughs> mm-hmm. And somebody else could have reviewed it had he had he wanted or had an opportunity to review it. So let's be let's be clear on that. Yes, but as as you are our Yaris he expert. He swanned around in the Lexus LC. Yeah. You are our Yaris expert, so it needs to go to you for you to be able to explain in detail the differences and the changes. You may very well say that I couldn't possibly comment. Anyway, <laughs> the current Yaris range uh, starts with the Icon at £19,710. Uh, then it moves to Design, Dynamic, Excel, and then the Let's Throw All the Toys at It Launch Edition uh, at the top for £23,920. Now, obviously, there's the GR as well. Uh, we're not going to talk about GR because it, it's a you know, Yaris in name only. <laughs> really uh so we're not talking about the gr uh one thing that's worth mentioning is that all yaris these days are five door hatchbacks and this is a gr you know if you do see something that looks like a gr but has five doors then it's not a gr i just say that because toyota have a habit of sticking stickers on cars which make them look a bit like the sporty ones (laughs) as i say this time i drove the design spec which was one up from base icon is Still isn't quite hair shirt level. Uh, you know, you still get a decent amount of kit. But design is pitched pretty much at, at where you would expect people to be buying. And I, I haven't had a chance to check, but I imagine it's it's one of the best-selling trim, if not. And I imagine it's between that and dynamic, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. If I were in the market for it, by the way, before we get too far into any of these things, I would go for dynamic. There's two reasons. One is the JBL stereo. Uh, the other one is keyless entry and push button start. Okay. But we'll talk a bit more about some of the spec on design uh, as we go through. Price-wise, I've given an outline of the general prices. Now, there is only one powertrain, and that is a three-cylinder, one-and-a-half-litre hybrid linked up to a CVT uh, a CVT gearbox, the epicyclic gearbox. Uh, that has a total output of about 114 brake horsepower. Okay. Only the one engine, only the one transmission, and this is a GR. There. On top of the cost of the of whatever trim level you choose, there's a couple of options you can go for. But of course, what everybody wants to know about the color tax. So pure white is standard. 
Uh, their metallics are £585, and they are Eclipse Black. Yeah, black toy to paint. Takuma Grey, Silver Metallic, Galactic Blue, which is a kind of inky blue, uh, or a Titian. I'm never sure if it's Titan or Titian Bronze, by the way, which is that kind of greasy goose poo type <laughs> metallic color, which I really, really like. And to be honest, it's it's the color I would I would choose. I think we're going to have to think of another way to describe it, or no, or you I, just I switch your phone care. off just for the day like or two it. after the reviews come out, so you don't have to. I really, I really like it, and you can get it on the Corolla as well, and it looks really good on there too. So, I'm sorry, that's what it makes me think of. But I like the color. Pearlescence, by the way, uh, you can have is a pearlescent scarlet flare red or platinum white pearl. You'll notice you get three different, no, two different, pardon me, uh, two different uh, whites there. So you can either not like any colors at all or really, really like white. Uh, the platinum white pearl is actually quite nice, but it's white, so it'll still look grubby 10 seconds down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's about that. What I had, the car I had is was Scarlet Flare Design Spec. It came in at £21,650, which is pretty much the same price as the uh, i20, the Hyundai i20 that I had mm. uh, just before. Kind of funny that one was at the top end of the range, and this is, is towards the bottom end of the range in the same segment. So that's worth worth bearing in mind these days that the, there is also even within the same size of car there can be a bit of price segmentation going on there between the two of them the specs almost the same from a kit point of view from the the stuff you get a standard uh, almost the same mm-hmm. so a little bit more a little bit more tech but we'll talk about that later on it's not a twin test which is actually making this harder if, I had them, if we'd had them one each in the same week, um, this this would actually be a much easier review. So I've got to spend my time not talking about the Hyundai i twenty as I'm reviewing the Toyota Yaris. <laughs> some people think this is some people think this is really easy, you know. Uh, <laughs> starting from the outside, as we usually do, it surprised me to learn. It surprised me to learn that this generation of Yaris is actually shorter than the previous generation by five mil. I know that's not much, but I would have said that it was much, much longer. And the reason for that is it's significantly lower. Uh, and the whole car sits lower, but it's also significantly wider. It's 57 mil. That's almost six centimeters wider in, in the track, in the sort of space between the wheels uh, than, it, than it was before. Well, the, uh, the arches are definitely prominent in the Aris. I've noticed yeah. that with a few on the road. Mm. At first glance, you go, "Oh, hang on, is that a a sportier version?" And then you go, "Well, no, it's just, just he says, but it, it, it's not a deliberately sporty version." No, it's just the way they are. They have a kind of so that sort of quite squat stance to them now, which they never had before. Mm. So it's a significant departure. Uh, well, I don't know. Some of the the Mark ones did. They're quite flared front wheel arches and stuff. But certainly from the Mark II through to the Mark. The Mark IV, it's mostly square. I mean, I was trying to work it out. This is pretty much the first Yaris that's ever had a bonnet. <laughs> you know, up until this point, it's just as you've got the front of the, wind, the, the, the windscreen and then there is nothing. <laughs> there shall be nothing for about a foot and a half in front of it and that's it. So it's the first one that isn't a sort of really quite sort of 
slightly curved off box uh, really more than anything else and it's quite weird because those rear wheels sit quite far back so it's it's pretty much the same length with an extra five centimeters in the wheelbase as well a much much shorter overhangs uh, front and rear funnily funnily enough uh, as a result of all of that it's not super aggressive it is slightly scarily at the front but it is not nearly as as overly aggressive as as the previous generation with its its big trapezoidal grill at the front mm. here it's far more it's it's far more neatly built in and then you've got essentially what look like air scoops at the front of the at the front of the wheel arches those as you've said uh further out but again not overly aggressive by 2021 standards really one thing that's kind of funky about the grill is it has this unusual sort of cubic patterning spark eroded into it into the tooling so that's the sort of pattern that's been embossed on it when when it's been made that appears in a cup that's sort of cubert-esque landscape appears in a number of different places mm-hmm. not just on the outside but on the inside as well i mean we're not saying it goes as nuts as as some other cars do with hexagons and strakes, but it's there. And once you notice it, you have a little bit of a smile because it's the same as the seat fabric and it's the same as the little the, as, as the little non-slip mat for holding stuff on the dashboard. So it's kind of cool. It's not cheesy. It's really subtle. I, I don't know how many folk would ever really notice it unless you're a total spot like myself. Then, you know, it, it's, it's just there and it's kind of cool. It made me smile every time I noticed it once I'd, I'd sort of tweaked this model sits on 16-inch alloys, which, and I remember when that was, that was lots. I put 16-inch OZs on one of my early Yaris's, and that was, that was as big as you could get while still retaining some sort of ride comfort. <laughs> and yet here it's at the, it's at the smaller end of the, smaller end of the scale these days. Any higher spec moves to a 17-inch, a 17-inch alloy. I, I quite like the 16. It doesn't look underwheeled, uh, despite those big arches. And if you don't like the the black and then diamond cut finish for about five hundred quid, you can replace them with some sort of all grey wheels of the same the same design, and those look quite nice. I don't know whether I would, to be honest. I don't know whether I'd I'd fork out for them. That's a usual picking up point right. for you, though. I know, but actually they're all right. Well, and there's little bits in there. You're going to need to get your toothbrush out on. I mean, it's not as bad as um, some other cars we we've had recently, but but the but the grey ones are the same the same design, so you'd have just as many footery little bits. You see, that's why that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would rather a sort of four or five five spoke, and on this one you can get away with five spokes because this is the first Yaris with five stud wheels, not four by one hundred PCD. Uh, <laughs> not just someone who col- who almost collects alloy wheels. Uh, for small Toyotas, this is important. That's consumer advice, right? Um, okay, now it just you, okay, everyone, right? I I said no, but I said before that we weren't having the drinking game, but we can have a drink for your obsession on the, on the number of wheel nuts corresponding to the spokes of the wheels. I fail at that too. <laughs> yes, okay, whatever. If you insist, drink up, everyone. Let's move on from wheel nuts to the inside uh, as ever we'll start at the back the boot is quite deep it's quite square but it has no undercroft and no uh, adjustable floor there's no undercroft there is actually a space saver underneath the boot floor it's not adjustable uh, and there was no sort of mezzanine panel in there which is weird because there were the supports for the sort of mezzanine panel uh, i've noticed this before in the previous generation my grmn has a panel which divides the height of the boot 
Whereas my mum's Excel spec of the same generation has the little supports, but it doesn't actually have the panel uh, that goes in to split the boots. So I guess you could get one if you really wanted an undercroft. The other thing about having the panel in, of course, is that if you fold the backs of the back seats, then you get a smooth, you get a flat loading space right the way through. So I've no idea why that's missing. I, it could just, and, and weirdly, the press pack says it has a two level boot floor. Uh, but I couldn't see that. And I, I didn't write my notes far enough ahead of recording people at home for me to have asked the press office and got a reply at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> Luggage cover. Again, I, I commented, if you've listened to the Hyundai i20 review, I commented that you don't see a feature and then two come along at once like buses. Well, this also has the ability for the parcel shelf to be disconnected from the boot and then you can slide it down two slots uh, so that it sits and, and it lives uh, parallel to the, the back of the back seat so that again you can put tall things in good we are big fans of that level of thinking and that uh, element of uh, detail yeah really neat just handy it's such mm. a pain when you go somewhere you buy something that's just a bit big and you end up then trying to have to stash the parcel shelf somewhere the curry hooks, uh, one on either side, they are the molded in a, a approach. So you're not going to trust them with your life, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but they will support, they're high enough up that they will actually support a shopping bag suspended from them, which is quite good. Okay. Rear seat, it's a B-segment hatchback, so we're not expecting S-Class Mercedes back there. There's decent knee and headroom, more than there are in other cars in that class, uh, to be honest. But again, as always... These cars are relatively narrow, so you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want three adults mm. uh, in the back for very long at all. Perfectly fine for two, though. Uh, it's worth mentioning bottle holders in in the rear doors as well. Just a quick note as well for any family uh, orientated people: there are isofixes in the two outside seats in the back. Yes, you see, this is the trouble with being used to any particular car or car model as you take some of these things as standard because you're just used to them being there and you just expect them to be to be like that. the seats inside certainly in the front are much much lower than you'd find in any previous generation uh yaris so so people who are, are familiar with older yaris's will will know that the seating is generally uh, unless you've replaced them with something ridiculous like race bucket seats what sort of fool would do that alan I have no idea. Okay, it's more modelled on uh, on a dining chair uh, than it is on on a sort of lazy boy. Not so here. The seat's quite low, quite supportive, uh, with with a bit of bolstering. Even at this, even at this sort of lower end of the range, um, and you you notice it's much more like a normal car from that point of view. I would almost say that the front seats in this were lower than the ones in the in in the GR. Okay. So now that's one of the things everybody commented, oh, you sit quite high, but then after a week you stop noticing. What's really nice to see in the front is the return to cool, funky instrument binnacles. I was going to say that these these pod things look pretty cool. Were you going to describe it as cool and funky? I was going to call them cool. All right. Oh, that's partway there. So it's we're not back to the sort of cent central binnacle of the Mark One uh, and even the early Mark Two Yaris's, sadly. But what we do get instead is this kind of googly-eyed, sort of fisheye, android, Star Wars oh, robot. Now you said that, I would I would have to get two large googly eyes. And you could put two large googly eyes, but that would sort of obscure your view of what they do actually show you. So there's kind of two two round screens with a, a, a sort of joining screen in the middle uh, with sort of physical bezels 
uh, to, to make them round. Uh, on the right-hand side, you've got your speedo, uh, you've got your fuel level, uh, and you've got temperature gauge. On the left-hand side, you've got the sort of hybridometer <laughs> about whether you're charging, whether you're, you're you're driving economically, or whether you're in poor mode, uh, and of course, then in a sort of big multi-segment display in the middle, a bit like on the other side for the speed, uh, you've got what you selected on the the drive selectors of auto, shifter, park, reverse, neutral drive, or B for for braking uh, shows on there. In the middle, you've got the sort of usual sort of trip computery type little screen, uh, so that will show your um, it'll show your economy. It'll show what music you're listening to. All of that kind of usual stuff that you would expect. When you scroll through that, it's in the middle. And the two outer goggles okay. retain their, their functions. Just a quick question. Does the, uh, or did this particular um, spec of Yaris have sign recognition? Yes. Okay. Which worked? Was that camera-based or GPS, do you think? Uh, camera-based, because okay. it's all part of the TSS system so it's tss2 on this as opposed to tss in the previous generation right so yes camera based it was pretty good at picking them up okay cool i took it actually when i was driving i took it out across norfolk and out towards out to the same beach i took the bmw 4 series a few weeks before and it it did pick up all the changing speed limits all the way out there uh, with the with any temporary speed limits as well oh that's good yes so be aware, one of the things that you do find, though, when you have the camera-based ones and you're running a nav app on your phone is that the nav app will perhaps show one speed limit, mm. whereas the instrument binnacle will show a different speed limit. In this case, trust the instrument binnacle. Yeah, that's what, that's why I was asking which mm-hmm. way you thought it was based. No, the Toyota systems run off the, run off the camera. Okay, it's good. Off the cameras. Yep. That was a nice unexpected one that I could actually answer. Wow. The steering wheel contained all the switches on the left, really, for, for your music and all that kind of thing. On the right-hand side, for the adaptive cruise control and lane departure, warning, and all that kind of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As ever, it's a relatively recent car, so you do have to like hold either button to, to turn off the lane departure warning uh, when you're not out on on motorways and wide roads and when you're in little places where it can be confused country lanes things with not much not enough uh, stuff down side but to be honest it was was pretty good not too many false positives at all okay good in the middle up the top you've got a screen with physical buttons down both sides worth mentioning it's right hand drive for the positioning of the of the volumes and for all that kind of thing as well and also the the carplay is right-hand drive as well. I've noticed that more and more. I think you've got to be a pretty lazy manufacturer to leave a left-hand drive car playing a right-hand drive car these days. Mm. I just need to check with you, because you're right-handed, were you still able to use the dials on the left-hand side in the car? Or um, was that a trouble for you? <laughs> poor little soldiers. That, poor little soldiers that have to that have to t- go into a car no. and use their left hands. This, this, is, this is a joke relating to those awful trackpad things and writing letters on it with your left hand which which those of us who are not kind handed can't do uh so no but what i do like is that it's got right hand right hand drive uh, uh volume knob so the volume is on the right and no there is no symbol in the middle to not be straight there we go just to cover off the next one 
that I could see sort of galloping over the hill towards me. So yes, there's a screen at the top, uh, has a button underneath that vent, and then a little cubby hole that's got a little uh, a little rubber mat with that um, that, that Cubit World pattern of, of isometric cubes on it. Uh, down below that, we've got the controls for in this in in design and in icon the the single zone climate control on higher specs. It's uh, it's dual zone climate control i swear it's the same button pack they use for both bit of a gap and then there's a cubby hole down the bottom for sitting your phone in now one of the things that puzzled me about this is that of course there's a really nice little shelf that would be perfect for putting your phone on just in front of the vents uh, the trouble is that the usb port for plugging the cable into is down low in the lower port so i don't really know what you meant to use that upper cubby for I know that I did try to do it on the GI Yaris launch, and I did put my phone in there, and then I forgot when I was doing a hard start out of a junction, and then I had to sort of stop and fish my phone out of the back seats. Uh, don't think that's quite as likely to happen here, but do be aware of that if if you are going to partake of aggressive acceleration moves. You've then got the standard sort of, as I say, PRNDB gear selector, after that, you've got some buttons for your drive modes, your traction control, your electric handbrake, uh, should you feel the urge to use it or to footer with it. Uh, and then you've got a couple of cup holders as well. There's there's cubbies in, in each of the each of those front doors too. Mm-hmm. Cubby in the middle, by the way, between the front seats. Obviously, you open it up and there's a storage and it's an armrest otherwise. Uh, passenger side, you've got a bit of a baguette holder. <laughs> or tiny shelf that goodness knows what it's for because as soon as you go around the corner everything's just going to slide off one way or the other and then you've got a glove box as well as as you would expect i think that just about covers it for the interior is there anything i missed i'm not sure that there could no be. i think it looks quite smart quite minimal hmm. I, I, I like the um door cards with the uh the, the handles and the where well, you've got your electric window controls Win- and stuff windows like up that. on the top yeah, yeah, and it's uh, and it's fabric on the door cards as well. Mm. Uh, so it's not just it's not just plastic. It is all all broken. Now it's quite dark. There's quite a lot of dark grey and black going on there, but there's nothing wrong with the the quality of it of any of it for you know even as I say the upper end of of B segment hatchbacks. Mm. It there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean I've seen some people who've bought the GR going oh the plastics in here aren't that great and sort of forgetting that it's a B segment uh, and that they're lifted straight out of this. Yeah, straight out of the standard Yaris, you know, because that's how you can afford to sell a, a homologation special for a reasonable, a reasonable price. Really, that's that's where you make the savings. Those expensive, expensive mouldings. Mm-hmm. Driving mm-hmm. now, people who have driven the previous generation Yaris hybrid will act with surprise at what I'm about to say. I acted with surprise. <laughs> When I discovered what I'm about to say, uh, because I spent quite a lot of time with my mom's previous generation Yaris hybrid, which you look at and it's got four cylinder, one and a half liter engine linked to a CVT gearbox. So you look and you think, well, it's, it's, it's lost a cylinder, you know, uh, it's lost a cylinder and goodness knows the previous generation was, uh, was, was pretty slow. You press the throttle, count to 10, and then you might have started moving. And eventually, with a lot of mooing, it will actually pick up some speed. And it'll hold speed all day long. But to get there, it can be quite hard work, to be honest. And after a while, you just stop bothering. That is not the case with this one, okay? You press the throttle, it responds immediately. It is completely seamless, completely smooth. Okay. 
you've really got to be jabbing at it before it makes any hint of agonized cow type noises Mm. It, it doesn't really do it it just goes you point it you squirt it and it goes the ride comfort again very little body roll because of course it's lower it's wider Mm. and it's got that longer wheelbase as well so it feels like a bigger car and it one of the things i suppose is the width that makes you feel like that but it feels like a car from the next segment up when you're driving it it's smooth it's it's relatively comfortable i say there's there's no body roll there's no jitter the steering is really direct and really snappy Okay. Um, you know, there are not a lot of turns lock to lock. Again, that was something that, that caught me out with the previous generation ones was, was just how far I kept having to turn the steering wheel. Never an issue in this at all. I was genuinely surprised at how good the ride and handling was in this car. Says man who has spent quite a number of years ruining the ride and handling of the Toyota Yaris. But <laughs> I, I really was genuinely surprised at that. And on longer journeys, when you're not rezzing it on, on back roads. And bizarrely, this is a car with a CVT, no flappy paddles, that you can think, you know, I fancy going out for a drive and just taking it. That happened to me one one evening. It was just, no, that's a guy. it's quite nice. I'm going to go raz the hybrid. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just, and I was, you know, I was halfway back before I realized that that's what I was doing. It was just good. It was just nice to drive. Nice, adaptable. You know, it's adaptable, positionable, just, just really nice on country, on country roads. And where safe and legal to do so, you can, you can keep up a, a relatively fair lick. Just nice to drive, genuine. And I did motorways and all sorts. And, and again, uh, adaptive cruise, you can just sit there and it will go uphill, down dale, CVT, do its stuff. You know, you don't have to bother with it when, when you're doing that. So, Really cool. I know other word drive mode buttons really, and but but why bother? I, did, I didn't. Be perfectly frank. Uh, but there's there's an EV mode which gets you some distance. I, I could go. I think I'm. Did I manage it? I definitely try at least once to get back from the center of town, all on EV. <laughs> and the whole game of how far can I drive on EV? You you could get really quite far. I, I was approaching a mile one time. All which right. doesn't sound like much, but it, it's it's you know it's a non-plug-in hybrid. That's pretty good for a non-plug-in hybrid with only a tiny little battery and a tiny little car. It was it was pretty decent, and that was with the aircon on and all these things. That wasn't even, you know, I wasn't hypermiling or anything. You didn't wait till two in the morning when there was no traffic as well. Yeah, no, no, none of that kind of behaviour. I did. I got on average, by the way, and I've just given you a, a a soupçon of an idea of of how much of the that i was actually razzing it about the place my average over the week uh and over many many miles about a couple hundred miles a couple hundred miles which still left 188 miles in the tank <laughs> uh, was 64.6 miles per gallon uh, with me driving normally seems quite impressive yeah uh, well, when you think the mild hybrid, uh, the mild hybrid i20, which actually had a greater proportion of easy driving, although I went further in it, had a greater proportion of easy driving, got 50, 53 it was showing at one point. I think it was a bit higher than that. But I've got one photo with it showing 53 is the average, and I think it dropped a little after that towards the end of the week. But after a week of 64.6. It's pretty good. Yeah. 
you can't sniff at that too badly. And that's, as I say, without really trying. Cool. Tech then? Um, there's not, not ridiculous amounts of tech. Nothing you know, beyond the mandated stuff, really. I mean, there's CarPlay, Android Auto is standard across the whole range. This one, by the time you're at, at design, you get an eight-inch multimedia screen. If you go for the icon, I think it's six inches from memory. Lots of stuff like that. And you've got all of the Yaris come with the safety sense. So you get your pre-collision with vehicle detection, pedestrian detection, intersection turns this, all the... You barely have to look out the window, to be honest. False positives. I got a false positive. Okay. But again, it was slightly my own fault because it was in a village and there was a car letting me through. So I squirted it to get around the parked car. And it sensed that I was basically driving towards and accelerating towards a, the Range Rover that was letting me through, and it had a bit of a bit of a grumble um, there. Okay. A completely understandable false positive, to be perfectly frank. I can understand why it, why it did that, so it wasn't particularly false. That's kind of it. That uh, I will say, there's one piece of tape which is slightly disappointing, and a backwards move, and that is that it had two windscreen wipers. On the windscreen. <laughs> Everybody knows a single windscreen wiper, especially one with a nice pantograph action. Hub not viewers, join me in this one, please. Knows that that is, that is way, way, way better than just your boring old crank action twin windscreen wiper. Pair. So no, definite, definite step backwards there with the too many studs. Too many studs in the wheels and two two windscreen wipers. I'm sorry. If we lose if we gave stars, I would be taking one off right about now. <laughs> and getting a phone call very soon after. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Right, we're gonna go into the verdict section where everyone takes a bit of a breath because this is Alan talking about a Yaris. Let us prepare for the litany of abuse and disappointment that I feel is going to come from him. <laughs> Well, the thing is that over the, the few weeks preceding this, I'd driven three different uh, B-segment hatches, all of about the same price. Mm -hmm. So it had the Fiesta ST line, one litre. Again, similar power output, similar price bracket, but with a slightly sporty slant. It had mm. the Hyundai i20 Premium, again, similar spec level, similar price, a very similar price, actually, within a couple of hundred pounds, one, once you add the metallic paint. Which was fine, but didn't feel as, as nice as this. I felt that this handled at least as well as the Fiesta, if not better. It went as well as the Fiesta, if not... Well, it went as well as the Fiesta, let's not say if not better, when it comes to, to you know acceleration and stuff. And it felt more premium than the i20 for, as I say, £200 more, which is, what's that, a sod all on your monthlies. Mm. And lowered, and by a considerable margin, significantly less expensive to run. Yeah. Far better fuel economy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. From the ones I've seen out and about, uh, and, I, and I've, I've noticed them out and about and everything, it does come, they do come across this generation as more mature. As Very a, much so. As a, as a much more mature product and... Um, the the look they've gone for and the everything is just a bit more grown up. Yeah, the, the platform that the previous generate previous three generations is based on is is what twelve? It's more than twelve years old. So certainly the last two generations have covered twelve twelve years. The Mark II puts it even further, but 
further back than that. Mm. Um, the leap between what was there before and then retrofitted with a hybrid and retrofitted with all the safety tech and retrofitted with everything else is huge. That's why I said at the start of this, it's pretty much the amount that's been carried over is the name Yaris. And you know what? I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it, it was overdue mm-hmm. for this. I, I know that myself, you know, I've been driving one for three years. So it was overdue for this. And, and what they've done is they've made sure they've leapt right ahead of everything else in, in that. And to be able to do it at the price uh, is still quite impressive. So what I was trying to say was, I'm not just going, oh, it's a Yaris driver. I really like it. I'm trying mm. to make sure I, I do justify what I'm saying and base it reasonably on other cars in the same price bracket that other people might be considering. Because if I was, then I'd be considering the i20. I'd be considering the Fiesta. I like them both. This mm. is better. Okay. And it's better not just because I'm a complete and total Toyota fanboy. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. I think you've been clear and fair there. That's good. That's what matters. Which is it pains me to say. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. I know, I know that you're not just, yeah. Yeah. If you didn't think so, I would, I would be getting an earful. Uh, and you listeners probably wouldn't be hearing it. Anyway, don't forget, folks, that between now and the next time, uh, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people would like to commiserate with you over me and how, me and me talking about Toyota Yaris, uh, what's the best way to get in touch? Oh, I doubt they will, but if they want to get in touch with me, the best way is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know even more about the differences between the last generation and this generation of the Yaris, what's the best way for them to get in touch personally nobody is that sad don't do it people spare yourselves uh you're best to do it via twitter where i'm at ajp bradley that's b-r-a-d-l-e-y uh, we'll be back before very long but until then i've been alan bradley i've been andrew clues and safe motoring <laughs>